0: Hello and welcome to the 133rd episode of the Loud and Proud podcast. Plenty more on Patreon, as you know, patreon.com forward slash loud and proud. But I don't know about you, or maybe it's just me, But I kind of sense there's a real um, fatigue, COVID fatigue out there at the moment. First week in February, we got through January, no bother. Loud and Proud continues to be out on a Sunday night. There's loads of podcasts in Patreon, like I say, there'll be podcasts during the week, additional ones during the week. But it kind of feels like we got through January, we got through the last week uh, of January, we got through all our... uh, mindset and our plans we got it through all our uh, new year's resolutions we got through them all and we're doing great we feel we, we kind of give ourselves a pat on the back and now first week of february in the midst of making some bridges crosses and what have you all the kind of the good diet the um the training plan kind of goes a little bit wayward i don't know maybe it's just me but um yeah actually speaking of St bridges crosses i kind of got a couple of people got on to me asked i put it out last week um about St Bridges Cross and a couple of really interesting stories I probably was told but I, I kinda of forget I've forgotten at this stage. But um Sir Bridget's obviously um born in Loud, born in Vohard and Loud um didn't play for the Roach ladies, moved to Newbridge before she could, but she um Born in Laird, so that's kind of the, the affiliation with Laird. Look, could dare try and claim her also, like I said. But she um, wove some Bridges Cross, uh, maybe to her father or a pagan man or something. I don't know. I so don't know who did it. And, um, and he was on his deathbed, and she kind of convinced him that stage to uh, convert to Christianity, and he was uh, baptised before he died. But I just thought it was very interesting um, that, the, the, that the way it was woven and the way we take on that cross and the way it's like a massive symbol of Larry GA is the St. Bridget's cross and even my design on, on my crest and anything that's supposed associated with Larry GA comes from that and we take ownership from St. Bridget. But yeah, so that's kind of maybe that's where the fatigue came from researching that. But no, very interesting all the same um, to have that in our... in. Our, in our, in our county's history i suppose but moving on okay another kind of another kind of thing that kind of p- popped up it was um, well there's a couple things i'm going to talk about the, the super bowl we're going to talk about the six nations that's happening currently it's kind of an extended overrided version of um national retirements local links uh, i actually i'll get into that first and then we're going to finish with a big chunk of the Colum corrigan um, article great chat with Colum last week and I just just want to share a good chunk of it with you it's very very interesting good cracky he, he, uh, he's a good man to talk as you all know and it's just nice that maybe you get to know him a little bit better as well but yeah so I thought about doing a jingle maybe for the, for the National Retirements Local Links but it'll probably be the last retirements because i are squeezing every last drop of juice out of them. I'll tell you that much but um, Tomas Clancy he retired Cork player um, played against Loud in Parky Rin, was was injured this year. Um, for Cork didn't play against in the hammering in Parky Key, but he played in Parky Rin What was that? 2018 in Pete McGrath's infamous year. Played right halfback, really good player, very powerful, very solid, big big man, big Roy right halfback, nearly like a midfielder. He, uh, We were about by seven points that day. It wasn't that big of a hammer, but it felt like it at the time. But who would have known that a couple of years later we would have got a hell of a baiting off them. But he um, kept Jim McInerney scoreless that day, um, which wasn't an easy thing to do. But, um, yeah, I always remember that, that going down to Cork that day. Big, big, powerful side, and he was one of those kind of lads that stood out in that si- sheer size and volume. And it's, it's weird for loud players. like We don't, we don't necessarily come up against those... Two powerhouses in Cork and Kerry. Like, Laird haven't played Kerry in such a long time in a competitive in a competitive standing. Like, maybe the last time you talk about that minor team that played them in the All-Ireland series after they, they were beaten in the Leicester final, Clifford's team. But, uh, yeah, that, that's mainly it. Like, and it just shows those, all those top-quality players that never, like, play or we come up against because you're kind of playing at that low level yeah sure enough we play Tip Limerick and Clare fairly regular but um, yeah you're, just, you're, you're missing out on playing those big players and taking on those big players but another retirement and that's Kevin Boyle from Antrim he would have played yeah he would have played against us a lot for Antrim um, I don't think he, I, he didn't play I don't. he was missing the year that they beat us in that uh, horrible qualifier hammering a um, couple of two, two or three years ago Two years ago, Wayne's first season. Uh, yes, yeah, so it was two years ago. Probably three, three now if you count this this year. But he was missing that year. But I think any time other, any else he played them, we we he he. Any time he's played against Lea, we've beaten them. Um, Ty Connor back played wing back in the league final, Division Three league final, Division Four league final. And uh, yeah, look at I I don't know he, he played way back in 2013 in that game where he marked Ciaran Bourne. Ciaran Bourne talking to the cleaners that day too before he took off to Australia. And uh, look, that, I, I don't know probably a good Starward. He never really shone against Loud because anytime he played against Lough, he was beaten. But uh, you look at who am I to say? But uh, yeah, Sterling Service for Antrim. And uh, ironically enough, he actually played his last game for Antrim in Loud they played Antrim was supposed to play Watford Watford didn't want to travel to Belfast to take on take them on that, that kind of irrelevant Division 4 league game the felt it was due to Covid concerns and Antrim says they'd play they'd move the game just to fulfil the fixture they they come up with Hagerstown Center do how they come up with Hagerstown uh, they, they, uh, and Watford in the end Watford ended up coming up and playing and Anthony won well, won fairly convincingly that day, and that was a Biles' last day in saffron and white. So, moving on. Right, so I'm still kind of reeling from the rugby today, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, tough, tough, tough watch. Um looking at uh, Billy Bourne's kick that way on the full. Like, it just it just drives you demented. And it nearly... It, obviously, the, the rugby is overhyped. Um in, in terms of, like, it's not... Uh, there's not... There's seven or eight teams playing at the high, high, top level. where one of them. It's not like a world competitive sport like like soccer would be in terms of world-class players. So we kind of get that kind of... way and carried away with ourselves. And then we see Billy Barnes kicking the ball out in the full... Oh, he wasn't even out in the full. one right, right over the end line and in the end of that game. It just sickened me. And it just kind of shows... The lack of quality of what would you say skillful footballers in the uh, in the ranks because what I'm trying to say is it's not a first sport. You can see it in the in Wales that is their first sport. That is the way they they're brought up. Their fathers play it. Their mothers are into it. They probably play it as well brothers, cousins, and it's just, it seeps down that layer and layer and layer of heritage and craft and tradition, because they, they obviously the, the opposite of Ireland in that, the club level goes really well, Leinster Munster, Ulster, even Connacht now picked it up a bit as well, but when they put on the red jersey, it all it all comes together, and they all know how to play, and have that way of playing, it's just in, built in them, it's not inbuilt in, in, uh, in, in the Irish, States. I don't care what anyone says, um, they all probably more or less go through a school system. They play um, the odd one or two that comes through, uh, comes through like the, the like the likes the club, say with Boyne and Drogheda, with, like Shane Horgan and Tyrone and all that. But majority do come through those school system, and it, you're learning it then at that uh, like that later stage of like you're not learning it as a six year old. Maybe some of them do. But that skill level, like if Ryan Burns was kicking that into the corner, he would he would have nailed it into the corner. And you kind of think of the missed opportunities of like how how many good rugby players would there be in Ireland? Like if we're still producing that those high quality players, without it being our first sport, you'd, you'd love to know what would what what would the side look like. It's just similar to New Zealand, I suppose. What, what I'm getting at, um, you know, that sort of skill level that goes to the GA. Um, because you look at it like not a lot, like in Loud, for example, you know, the nearest example would be Bevan and Owen Duffy. And You don't like they would have played the point, played a very high level sco- um, not schools, um, Leicester Junior Cup, uh, Challenge Cup, I think it's called. Uh, but they eventually come back to Loud, and the, the, the kind of bond is that strong that the, the pull for them to play G-A is is strong. Um, so we don't lose that many we did We did lose I suppose you could say Rob Kearney uh, but I, I honestly I, I, he would have been in around the same age himself I don't think he would have played for loud uh, in county football um, yes he was physically really strong and really powerful he uh, he drove right into the back of me one day must have been 2004 and I felt a full force of for his power but I don't think he would have made it as a Gaelic footballer is kick passing a full disclosure. I've asked Rob Kearney to come on to the podcast, he probably has a sense not to come on. But uh, even I, I like I wouldn't try him a lot of the time, but he was in lockdown <laughs> in that two week quarantine he's gone over to Australia now and I did ask him for an interview to come on and uh, even in those doldrums of boredom he couldn't succumb himself to come and uh, on the Loud and Proud podcast. So yeah, so but yeah, full disclosure anyway, I did ask him to come on. But his his foot passing was was atrociously bad. His shooting was literally hit or miss. Uh, kind of a wild kind of pull on the left foot, which is which is uh, funny because he, he was mentioned today uh, on commentary on, on the BBC commentary that is uh, that Lenster would have used him a lot, used Rob Kearney a lot for a kicking and their, their foot pass and what have you. Uh, but it was it, it, obviously kicking an oval ball. But he was a very, very talented minor um, Four layered, he made his name in the year ahead of himself. But he like, he's just at club level. With Cooley, went to that that senior final whip actually Pete McGrath and uh, to a beper the Pats. And yeah, you know, like he had probably a big regret. Of his I'd say um, going on to be the most decorated Irish player. He, he, he still loved a Joe Ward medal. But, he, yeah, get back to it, to be honest, his skills levels weren't, weren't up to it to probably play for loud. Unless you play him maybe in the corner or somewhere where he catches the ball inside and takes a man on. He doesn't have far to go in terms of skill. Just beat the first man and go straight for goal. Yeah, maybe make an inside forward out of him. Uh, maybe a full-back as well, <coughs> but um, you probably feel you would have been missing a lot out of him. No, look at, I don't know, you let me know, or maybe Rob, if you, if you do end up listening do let me know, see what you've made us. Um, um, yeah, I suppose that's it. That, that's that's the first part of this uh, ramble, Sunday night ramble, as usual, on the Loud and Proud podcast. Um, we'll move on now to um, the Super Bowl. And you just kind of look at Mad into Sports, what have you. Usually this weekend's a massive weekend, like I said last week, about um, the NFL, the GA starts, and then the. All these, the Six Nations starts and then the, the, the American football ends. At the, a lot of lads, there's a few GA heads out there that love the NFL. You see them cropping up on the Sunday night um, Twitter and what have you. Um, but yeah, a couple of simple comparisons you could say. Um, the Jocks are like the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Sam Mulroy. And then tonight they take on Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's in, at the helm with them. Um, they would have won a Super Bowl in 02. Um, would you, the comparison be Paddy Keenan to Tom Brady? Um, brought an awful lot of success to their teams when they joined them. Cause, uh, yeah, so it's just a comparison like that. Um, just interesting, and it, it, it's always it'll be good to watch. But something you, I, I always maintain, and you could take from the Super Bowl, is the pageantry. Um, not like, geez, I'm not talking fireworks at halftime shows. Or maybe a bit of music at halftime would be great for loud games or loud senior finals. But one thing that was taken away and hasn't been done this past couple of years has been uh, at the senior finals. Obviously, you can't do it this year, but it has it has been gone in the past four or five seasons. For I don't know what was the reason. Maybe it was Des Hapney The rain had brought an end to it. Well, it did end it under his reign. But the fact that teams from because when I was doing the podcast last week, the managerial merry-go-round, I mentioned Mihal Miguel, the new Geraldine's uh, selector, manager, coach, uh, and he was he he sat in front of me in one of the uh, the Ulster finals because he was on that Down team in '94, and he, they were brought out, and you just think of the pageantry of the Super Bowl, all this, the noise, and the, but a lot of it is is about representing and remembering that tradition that went down years ago I remember going to senior finals and hearing about the Cooley teams and they come down at half time and it sparks some talk at half time and then it kind of brings the, it's great for the players as well that actually played that day to get to come and meet the probably like some players might have moved out of the parish they might have moved away some might have passed away and it's just great for the families then to remember those times and the players to meet up again just thought it was interesting I'm very very on for for taking it back and getting it back um, for Loud Senior Final Day. Um, I think it's a great tradition the GA has and definitely one to uh, represent and honour those players that won back in the day. But, yeah, so that's it. I'm going to finish now with, with Colin Corrigan. Um, it's just it's just nice maybe just to maybe, if you're feeling enticed, to, to sign up to patreon.com forward slash Loud and Proud. That uh, you get to you get a chance to listen to these interviews and what have hopefully this will. Um, I opened with by um, asking Colum to predict the future, probably a silly thing to do in in these current times. Um, but he does he does so just in terms of what way the, the season will go this year in Loud and into County, and it kind of ends then or it, it transpires like good chats do and the way it was with Colum, and um, it ends with like. Something personal and talks about his his own um, favorite championship uh, venue to commentate on and at both levels. So it's a nice one to leave it on, and it's great to get those questions from um, from I suppose people that out there that follow the podcast like yourselves. But um, yeah, so yeah, let's let's go by um, by, by starting off with column talking about predicting the future. Would you think it'll change it? Like, do you think we could have it the similar to last year with loud? Would will it be all behind closed doors? Would it be run off very quickly? imagine that's what they're going to have to do yeah, and again yeah. it, de- it
1: depends very much on the public health dan and how quickly the vaccine is going to be rolled out you know the the indications at the moment are that things are running behind schedule oh, yeah. um you know the optimism uh, you know just after christmas with the you know the onset of the vaccines and it was going to be hopefully speedy enough but obviously there, it's, there, there's been a few roadblocks in the way and things have, have slowed down a bit certainly from you know from the from the the older people in the community they might not be getting the vaccine as quick as they first envisaged, so uh, it will just depend I think probably March, April as to you know, but but you know, as more people get vaccinated, obviously you be hoping transmission levels are going to drop in the community so that would certainly aid the chances I think and boost the chances of, of some kind of National League taking place and the Championship then running into the, the summer, but look um, Tony Houlin has been telling us not to be booking uh, summer holidays so, you know, if you're <laughs> taking his lead and that, you know, he's, he's taking a pessimistic approach and, you know, if you apply that to sport you're, you're probably looking at, I would say Games uh, again being staged, certainly inter-county matches in the summer being staged, probably in, in, in empty venues and no supporters present.
0: How did you find that column? Actually, like I know I was commentating with you on the Loo TV, but like those big games in Crow Park and for the Horland and. Then, even the even the game in uh, Mullingar wasn't the Longford. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. How look, did you it's find It's it a, a bit. So you yeah. probably
1: get used to it after a few a few matches. Dan and, and Darver as well was something similar. Yeah. You know, very few people present. But and, and, and look, Crow, Crow Park even even a quarter full of Crow Park can be a bit surreal. And, yeah. You know, because it's, it's a massive it's a massive stadium. And um, but look, I suppose when you're when you're commentating, you don't tend to notice it as much. You're you're, you're you're busy talking. Suppose if you're sitting, if you're sitting, if you're sitting away and just looking around, you it don't, you know the, the lack of atmosphere. Probably it, it does. I think affect players' probably performance, particularly in the bigger venues. You know, and I think you know you're, you're going to raise your game probably twenty, thirty percent. Maybe when there's a crowd present and you have a crowd shouting, you know, from Hill Sixteen at you. Um, but you know, but when you're playing in, in a venue like that, that size, with nobody present, you know, it's bound to get to you. And maybe not so much local venues. But look, I think support. I think players would rather have you know their, their supporters there naturally enough. Do you feed uh,
0: off a column. Would, you, would you, Dan, you feed off the crowd.
1: Uh, yeah, I think the yeah they do, yeah absolutely. No, yeah, would you I like? Do. Would you would
0: you feel it there?
1: Uh, probably, yeah. Well, you know, if you, particularly intercounty matches, championship matches. I, I'd remember where Wexford Park, um, even Mullingar's club championship matches, intercounty matches. You, you know, when the crowd get into it, a commentator tends to get into it as well. Particularly when you're close to the crowd, and you know, and it's just not the same when the crowd's not down in front of you. You know, you just probably just don't have the same spark if you if, let's say that you that you that you that you normally would have. So. Um, look, we didn't think it was going to go on this long, but you know we're still keeping our fingers crossed that maybe yeah. things come the summer where will 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 be better. And I think, but I think at most, and you know, perhaps a limited crowd. You know, maybe they'll put a, a figure on it. I think that's what they did in the early days, didn't they? They were, they, you know, they yeah. had a certain they um, had a certain amount of people allowed to attend certain events. So uh, maybe that is as much as we can hope for for the intercounty matches in the summer. But uh, and uh, if, if club football, if it's August or September, you are talking about for it to get going maybe by that point we'd be in a, a position maybe to welcome back maybe even more supporters we just just have to wait and see and just hope hope for the best at this stage Dan
0: yeah the first round of the the, the loud championships was played with a bit of a crowd
1: yeah there was a, and, and and a few different venues now you know again the county Board Dava. Um, Worked relatively well. I think we were lucky with the weather. You know, there's no cover obviously in Darver. We were blessed mm-hmm. with the weather last year, Dan. I think most of the games, I don't remember any real bad days um, in terms of weather. There might have been one or two cold evenings, all right. But generally, uh, you know, they, they got lucky with the weather. Um, but, you know, but longer term, whether, whether Darver, you know, obviously it's, it's it's their own venue and, you know, they're saving on rent, not having to go to other yeah, venues. But yeah. whether they'll persist with Darver for all games, I'm not too sure. I, I, I'm for, I for one, always like to see games spread across different venues. I think there's always a, a bit of a novelty in going to different ma- uh, venues that perhaps that you wouldn't visit there uh, very often. Um, going going way back, Dan, even before your time, I remember as a youngster <laughs> going to the likes at Knockbridge, which hasn't hosted championship matches in uh, Donkey's years at this stage, Dan. But yeah. there was always a there was always a lovely thing about going to, uh, to, to Knockbridge because it's a, a tight pitch, and, and it was always good value for an upset or two. You know, the straight yeah. knockout championship I always remember, and you get you get the smell of the the pipe smoke, fellas, would be standing beside you. The Older men with the pipe And you know yeah, the, the midgets Would be coming In the summer evening There was always a, a Something special About going to venues like, like Knockbridge For games So sadly We don't have that anymore You used
0: to get a lot of games I, Well the last time we played When you were asking me there I remember playing there In 2007 In Knockbridge Yeah I think it was a senior quarter final
1: yeah, well, a lot, it, yeah. It, it would have certainly would have hosted a lot more games. Loud Village would have been the same as well. Now they have got a, they've got a, a handful of games in the last few years, but they would have got more years ago. Um, but it, you know, I, I think spreading it around and, and give you know, and I, I think it's a, there is a novelty to it, and I think probably players as well like getting round playing at different venues, and as well, and it, it's a bit of a reward maybe as well for the clubs involved, Dan, because you know uh, the Moctis have done a lot of work on their ground. Uh, they've they've uh, renovated the stand they've got another, another pitch now in Fair behind the, bank, the main yeah. one they've done work in the clubhouse as well Knockbridge Knock of course the brides are the same with the clubhouse and they've done a lot of work there as well so it'd be nice to see those, the likes of those clubs reward as well for all the work that they've uh, undergone in the last few years
0: Someone actually I put it out there earlier on today Colum, um that I was having you on and I asked people to send in their questions one of the questions here actually now that I see it I might as well ask you now
1: yeah, is, yeah. what's your
0: favourite venue to commentate on in
1: Favourite venue, inter-county venue would be Portlaoise. Um, because um, the crowd again, the crowd are close to you, um, and they're just down in front of the commentary box. And we've had we've had uh, some good uh, performances in, in over the last few years. Not all good performances, and not all good results. I remember the one um, the when work was the manager. You might remember that game, Dan. The, the match, the Champions, championship, we beat Leash down and Port Leash I think that was one of the most memorable the games down there. Game, but yeah. um, club club wise, um, I, I I actually like Drogheda. Just again, this is purely. Selfish opinion, uh, Dan. <laughs> because again, the facilities are fairly good from a commentary point of view. that draw is actually not as bad. I know a lot of people will, will don't like draw yeah, uh, yeah. but, but, I certainly and uh, probably. But Ca- Castle Bellingham would be another one. That I've always liked the Grove as well. Good facilities, good set up, um, and I, I, you always seem to get decent matches in the Grove for whatever reason. But uh, Castle Bellingham, I think probably, um, and of course in the middle of the county as well, has got a good lot, good lot of games over the years. Probably that would be one of my my favorites. <laughs> In terms of a club venue, but I think the Port Leash would be the pick of the County ones, uh, Dan.
0: Yeah, it's lovely there. Like big, big desk in front of even as well,
1: and oh yeah, yeah. Lo- loads and, of room. Yeah. And and as I say, the crowd when, when you know when 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 they when the crowd start getting into the game, you can just feel the the tension. So I I think Port Leash would be probably my 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 favorite uh venue. I would say.
0: Well, I've a few more. Any, qu- any other questions? I've a then? few more questions. I'll I'll <laughs> lead until the end. Right. Okay. Um, So, there you have it. Port Leash. And what was the other one? Um, The Grove. Grove, yeah, really nice, really nice place. Uh, Really good set up there. Gator Crowns, that was a surprise as well. Got a bit of a laugh as well. But, um, yeah, that was Colin Corrigan. Listen to the full interview on patreon.com. Thanks very much for listening tonight. Great reaction, actually, from last week. Um, Spilling me guts about... um, <laughs> to missing, missing the, the National Football League and missing draw and what have you. It was split in two ways, and none of them bad. One was just ripping the piss out of me, as usual. You put yourself out there and you get the piss taken out of you. So I enjoyed that. And then the other one was some really, really, really nice messages out there. Really nice and really kind. I really appreciate them. Um, I have to say, it, it just, uh, b- b- between both reactions, it it just shows a lot of people are missing it and it's nice to connect that way as well and that's what it's all about and that's what I suppose we all miss. But um, yeah, that's it. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, Another exciting week on the podcast. You'll have another guest on um, to chat with me. It won't be Rob Kearney unless something dramatic happens. But um, yeah, so please do sign up on patreon.com forward slash loud and proud. Thanks very much for listening. I'll catch you during the week and if not, Next Sunday night again, and I suppose I leave as usual. Mind yourself, and if you can, mind someone else as well. Good luck. Say